Bokar Tov, we are chapter 16 of Sefer Shemuel Aleph. First book of Shemuel, chapter 16. What happened yesterday's chapter, guys? Enough chatter. What happened in yesterday's chapter? Um, yeah, Shmuel had ripped uh, uh, Shaul, uh, Shaul, Shaul ripped Shmuel's yeah. jacket and he lost. And he says, you're done the, your, your kingdom has been ripped from you and it's going to be given to your fellow who is better than you. And today we start the hunt for the new king. What did we say about Shemuel? How was he feeling as a result of Shaul losing his kingship? Um, he, he just wanted to know what the... No, no, he was very upset. He was mourning. He was mourning over the loss of Shaul's kingship. It's like Shaul is like his baby, right? So it's never fun for a Navi to see that his nevoah comes out untrue. The Chachamim in the Midrash, they, they use this as a way to teach Shemuel a lesson of humility that don't think your nevoah is like... Because Shemuel called himself the Jose. I am the seer. And then, and then the Midrash, one of like the, the subtext of the story is that God is also trying to teach Shemuel that if he's not the seer by default, he's the seer if God wants him to see. So don't get too excited over your ability to see. Okay? Anyways, Shemuel is mourning over the loss of, uh, the loss of Shaul's kingship. And that's how we begin chapter 16. For how long are you going to be mourning over Shaul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. It's a classic phrase. You ever heard of that? Fill your horn with oil and go. It's a catchphrase. Nobody ever heard of that? Fill thine horn with oil and go. It's from this pasuk. Okay? Fill your horn with oil and go. What horn? To anoint the next king. Exactly. He has a, he has a horn to anoint the next king. Now, did the king, Shaul, get anointed with a horn? I think so. What did we say? He said he didn't. He didn't get anointed with a horn. He got anointed with a vessel. And there, the Radak had already pointed out for us that the kings of Israel from the house of David are the ones that get anointed with a horn. But the ones who are not from the house of David get anointed with a thing. No, you could look. It's, what is chapter 9, I think. 9 or 10. Like David's lineage oil was a different type of oil than, than Shaul's? Oh, it could be, it could be that also. I, I, I don't remember the details of the Radak we read, but it is here. Look, plus chapter 10, Baikach Shemuel et Pach Hashemin. Shemuel took the vessel of oil and he put it on the head of Shaul. Here, take your horn, Malik Karnecha Shemin, Belech Eshachacha Lishai Betalachmi, and go to Yishai, who lives in Bethlehem. Where is Bethlehem? In which tribe? No, Bethlehem is in Yehuda. Bethlehem, Yehuda. For I have seen amongst the sons of Yishai, I've seen amongst the sons of Yishai, I've seen a king. So one of Yishai's sons is going to be king. Pasuk Bet. So Shemuel says, how can I go if Shaul hears that I go, he is going to kill me. Say that I've taken, say, take yourself a, 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 a cow that you're going to slaughter and act like you're going just to bring a, a sacrifice. But he's not allowed to do it outside of... Shiloh is destroyed. Shiloh was destroyed at the beginning in the time of Eli, a Kohen. That's when Shemuel was young. 
Ever since then, the Beit HaMikdash was been in Nov, or the, the Mikdash, whatever they had, was in Nov. And in Nov, there wasn't enough of a, there wasn't, it wasn't central enough to make other korbanot asur in other places. That's like Alon's favorite topic, by the way. The Isur, of, the Isur of Bamot is like Alon's number one uh, contribution to this class. Okay, so... But uh, why, why is um, Shmuel afraid? God says, go do it. He's going to kill me. Isn't there an assumption God's going to protect him? Ah, so he, that was exactly what... So Alon asks, Shmuel is saying, if I go to anoint another king while Shaul is here, Shaul is going to kill me. So he's scared. But then, isn't Shemuel and Avi? Isn't God protecting him? Isn't God telling him to go anoint David? Why is Shemuel coming back and saying, he's going, I'm going to get killed by Shaul? Because he's going to, but he can still be killed by Shaul. So Radak has a long, Maybe long, long... So Radak has a very, very long explanation on this. It's a, that it's a fascinating analysis about how much can even a Navi rely on miracles? Even a person who's guaranteed, who's told by God to go do a mission, or told by God, I will protect you, cannot simply throw away all, uh, what's it called? To, to throw um, thing by the, ca- caution to that, so, caution to the wind, and be reckless, and then potentially lose his life. Meaning, even when a person is sent on a mission by God, he still can't rely on miracles. That's what Odak points out. You see this many times in Tanakh. When Yaakov, he leaves his house and God says, I'm going to be with you. And then he tells, when Yaakov is going back from Lavan's house and God says, I'm going to be with you. He's still scared of himself. Why? God said he's going to be with him. So it's not, a, it's not, it's not uncommon to see in Tanakh that people who've been guaranteed or told by God to go do a mission still need to be wary of the possibility. Yeah, when was it with Moshe? He brings a couple of examples, the Radak. But the idea is, do not rely on miracles. Even if you're a Navi, there's no room to rely on miracles. We saw this also by, uh, he brings other examples, like whenever God said to go and attack Ai. Yeah. And then they still use military strategy to defeat Ai. Why? God said they're going to win. Because you don't rely on miracles, you still have to try. And he even brings examples of where God told them that they're going to win, and then told them which strategy to use. Meaning like, you're going to win, but you have to use this strategy. So that's even further example where God is telling them that they have to use this strategy, meaning telling them that they have to operate within the real world. So very, very fascinating Radak there. Probably one of like a central Radak in just Jewish philosophy in general. So it's good to know. Pasuk Gimel. So, yeah, so God tells him to take a cow and you could fake that you're doing a korban. I mean, you could do a korban anyways, but, but then nobody will think you're doing anything because it only looks bad if you're going to anoint the king. But if you're going to bring a, a cow as an offering, then nobody's going to realize what you're why, doing. What's the connection? Why is why, he why, there to do it? It, mm-hmm. look, it looks the same way of going to anoint a king, the same way you're going to bring a korban. Like, why would he, I, I, he cover I, it? I don't, I don't know exactly how the cover works. I mean, if you look in the Mepharshim. But the idea is, uh, Sha- like maybe Shaul is very wor- worried of where Shemuel is going, because Shemuel just told him that I'm going to give the kingship to someone else. So if he sees Shemuel leaving leaving his area of wherever of, of wherever he lives, he's scared that Shemuel is going to anoint a king. So he said, No, no, I'm just going to do korbanot, something like yeah. that. But okay. why would he have to go there to do it? Can't you just do it anywhere now? He's not. This place is going to Bethlehem. Is no. Uh, is not the place of the Mikdash. 
Oh, I see your question. Like, if you can do a korban anywhere, why do you have to go? No, no, no. It was it was common. We saw earlier in Shemuel that Shemuel would go and visit cities and bring korbanot in cities yes. as a way to like gather people and to inspire people. Oh, so so he was going. That. He was going to give a shiur, okay. right? He was going to give a shiur at those days shiur in this specific city. You know, like rabbi comes to town and gives a shiur. Yeah, nice. you know? Okay. 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 Bazabach, you will call Yishai to eat of this korban. And I will tell you what to do. So Yishai, you will bring him to the meal to eat the korban. And then you will have an opportunity to see his sons. And I'll tell you what to do. And I and you shall anoint the one that I tell you. Now God is not telling Shemuel which one is going to be. So Shemuel did exactly as God spoke. And he came to Bethlehem. All the elders of the city gathered, maybe in fear, they gathered before Shemuel. And he said, are you coming in peace? Are you coming to bring good news? Is it a good reason you're coming? Bazook 5. Yes, I'm coming in peace. I've just come to bring a sacrifice to God. Sanctify yourselves and come with me for this korban. And he told Yishai and his sons to sanctify themselves, to probably to go to the mikveh, or to, to be pure so they can have of the korban. And he called them to eat of the korban. And now he's going to meet the kids of Yishai. And it was when they came, he saw the first son, Eliav. And he said, ah, behold, I am before, uh, before God is his anointed one. Meaning, Eliav must be the anointed one. Why? Why? Why would he assume Eliyahu was the firstborn? Born. He's the firstborn. He was probably handsome and tall. Yeah. Ah, for sure, I'm before the anointed one of God. Pasuk Zion, Pasuk Seven. Ah is like behold. Sure. Yeah, like, for sure. Pasuk Seven. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem says to Shemuel, "Don't look at his appearance. Well, komato, and to the height, to his tall height." For I, I'm rejecting this one. He's not going to be the king. For it is not what the man sees that's of essence. Meaning God does not see what the man sees. For man only sees into the other person's eyes. But God sees into the heart. That's, a, that's one of like the famous Pesukim of Tanakh, by the way. Wow. If you want a, a famous Pasuk that describes God's Hashkacha. Man sees by the eyes or through the eyes, but God sees into the heart. So again, this is a, a, a lot of the Midrashim do say that this is a lesson for Shemuel. Don't get too caught up in your nevoah. Only God can really see what's beneath the surface. And though he looks like he's tall and he's handsome and he may be fit for a king, He's not the chosen one of God because internally there's a defect that's not allowing him to be the king. Pasukhet, Pasuk 8. So he called Abinadav. Yishai calls his next son Abinadav. He puts him before Shemuel. And he said, no, this one also God is not chosen. So Yishai brought Shema, the third son. He said, no, this one's also not the chosen one of God. So Yishai brings seven sons before Shemuel. And Shemuel says to Yishai, no, God does not want any of these seven sons. So this time Yishai... Yishai knows that one of them is going to be king? 
was Shemuel is telling him, he's doing this whole thing, like, is this one going to be king? No, no, next. Meaning, so Yishai gets what's going on all of a sudden, but none of them work out. And well, it's how is Yishai, is, is Yishai aware that Shaul is no longer king? That's a good point. Is Yishai aware that Shaul is no he longer must, king? If, he's, if he knows that one of the, he's going to anoint the king, he doesn't know that there's not more than one king, so he has to know that Shaul is no longer king. He's also Maybe. putting his kids in danger. That could be putting your kids in danger. These are fascinating points to think about. But Shemuel was more respected probably than Shaul, to be honest. If you think about it. Like, Shemuel, Shemuel single-handedly defeated the Pelishtim. Shemuel himself was a warrior who was, was famous in Bnei Israel. Remember the speech that Shemuel gave to Bnei Israel? Have I taken any of your sheep? Have I taken a donkey of yours? And everybody said, no, you were perfect. You're the perfect leader. Everybody loves Shemuel. So you can make the case that when Shemuel comes and says something, people don't ask questions. Like, oh, I guess, I guess this, this must be. They were like, why are you here? As if they were afraid that he was going to destroy them. Why would he think No, that? I'm saying like, don't ask questions as like, you take what he says and you don't, and you like, you keep your mouth shut, you know? Okay, we're going to continue. Bezer Hashem. They bring all seven sons. They don't find Bezer Hashem. Tomorrow we're going to see which son is chosen. It is not the expected son, meaning it's our expected son, but not what Yishai expects. And there are Mirashim that point out that the son, there's a reason he didn't even throw him into the mix of the seven, because there is a defect in David, which Shemidrash talks about, which we'll get to tomorrow.